Welcome back, everybody, to Brothers in the Deep End, or should I say for today's episode, Sister in the Deep End. Yes, you guys are hearing correctly. We have a woman for the first time on our platform today, so she's making history, and we thank her for coming today. But before we get into her story, we can't thank you guys enough for sharing, commenting, liking all of our videos. We can't thank you guys enough. And if we can change one life, that's all we care about, and that's why we're here. So as me and Ethan were looking for someone to interview, I came across this restaurant in Brooklyn called South Brooklyn Foundry. My mother actually introduced it to me, and she told me that the woman who owned the place was a hustler, and she did everything she could during this pandemic to keep her business alive. So, you know, as every other person was, intrigued as I was, I ate at this restaurant, and the food was pretty damn impressive. I, like, I can't lie. Like, I ate there probably like now like once or twice a week. Um, I was like, wow, this is an experience you can't really get in Bay Ridge, and I was genuinely impressed with her food. So I brought it up to Ethan, and I told him a little bit about her and what she does and who she is. And he was like, man, like, we should definitely get her on. Let's, like, let's do this. I think this is going to be awesome. So I reached out to her and she agreed to talk to me, Nathan, about her story on how she got out the deep end and the struggles she's been through and where she is now. We all know a, being a woman in today's world already comes with its set of struggles. And we're here today with the South Brooklyn founder and owner, Kelly. And she's an all money in type of person. And she's risked everything. Like when I mean everything, she's risked everything to be here today to keep her business alive for her future and her children and her workers. So we can't thank you enough for coming today, Kelly. And we want to have a you know little round of applause for you, you know, coming in today. <laughs> so a special thank you. And you know, just since you're here, we would love to do just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you grew up, your upbringing. So tell us a little bit about you and who you are. Okay, um, my name is Agnes. First of all, everybody calls me Kelly because I don't like to be called Agnes. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up um, in Carroll Gardens, just mm -hmm. right around here. Um, I want to say I didn't have the greatest upbringing. Um, there were a lot of struggles in my household, and um, it was it was like a, a rough upbringing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to say I kind of followed the wrong the wrong path in life, if you want to say mm -hmm. I, I followed that wrong path. Um, I didn't really have somebody that like show me like what mm -hmm. to do or where to go. And so it bring me down a, a really bad path in my life. Um, oh God, I'm sorry. It's okay. You can let it out. It's okay. Sorry. It's no, it's okay. Um, I got, you know, life, life brought me really down really bad paths. And for a long time in my life, I, you know, I followed these I made really bad decisions, really, really bad decisions. And um, I always um, stood working, though, uh, and I found myself most com comfortable working in the restaurant um, field. Mm -hmm. I, I was told I had a, a knack of like selling things and people liked me and I could get along with people. And, you know, it always brought me, I guess, around people. And I like to be around people. I like to talk to people I like to sell things and um, I'm sorry no, okay. and um, so I, I want to say like through the early years of my life um, I would I would go in and out of addiction so I, I you know uh, I struggle a lot with alcohol and I struggle a lot with um, drugs so through through my upbringing and not having someone to guide me um, I was making a lot of bad decisions in my life. And um, I want to say um, a lot of bad things hap had to happen to me to get where I am now. 
So um, I worked for a restaurant down on in uh, Park Slope mm-hmm. called Vinnie's of Carroll Gardens. I'm going to give them a plug. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Vinnie's of Carroll Gardens. And uh, the gentleman in there was like a father figure to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there for about 15 years. And he always told me that there was something bright that he saw in me. And, um, you know, he watched me through my struggles of my life. He watched me go, you know, there was like times where I would be good. And then there was times where I would be bad. So if I was good, I was really good. If I was bad, I was really bad. And he watched me, you know, I guess basically since I was a teenager till when I, you know, till, till now he watches me. And um, he watched a lot of bad things happen to me, and always told me, "Come on, you can, you can stop." Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say, so what made you get into like the whole restaurant business? Like, what made you want to start like being a waitress and getting into like food? Like, did you always have like a passion for food? I don't know if I had a passion for food. I had a passion for um, nightlife. I had mm-hmm. a passion for being around people because, like I said, you know. Growing up, I felt very alone. Mm-hmm. Right. I was just about to connect the dots. You know, she felt alone. No one's really there for her. So it's just like she's trying to fill that void with something. And when she came in that industry, it just kind of filled that. And that was like a happy place or medium. And she's still doing it now. Um, my question to you is, damn, I had this good, amazing <laughs> question. But, like, what was those bad decisions or, like, what was like the low, the low, you know, back in those days? So it wasn't really that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it was like 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Um, I had been out for, um, like I say, about a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I came back home and um, my daughter's father, I have a, a, an older daughter, she's 28. And my daughter's father uh, and I were always very good friends. We we weren't good as um, as husband and wife, but he was always like my best friend. And I want to say that um, about 12, 12 and a half years ago, I found him deceased in a room with my daughter's boyfriend. And I want to say that, you know, that was something that was supposed to snap me out and tell me, you know, you're, you're traveling the wrong path. But it didn't. It didn't. Um, I want to say about six to eight months after that, I found my best friend, and she was deceased after that. And that's when I was like, "Yo, you have to stop. You have two children. You need to stop. You need to get on the right path." And um, I would go in and out of this program. I mean, it's supposed to be AA. I would go in and mm-hmm. out of these rooms of AA, and I met this one woman in there, and she always followed me from back back like she's like the mother figure that i i was Mm -hmm. missing in my life and um she always stood by my side and when i really decided to get back on track she she held my hand and um i want to say it was like uh april 15th will be eight years i'll have um clean and sober and uh she she helped me through that april 15th yeah 2015 16 you know, congrats on that. You know, yeah. we're sorry for yeah. you know everything you've been through, and you know the adversity you've been through. I think also shows who you are today as a person and everything else that you do. Right, and she's still dealing with those scars to this day. As you can see, it has an effect on her. As you know, some of the stuff I've been through have an effect on me. And I just want to congratulate you on just being so open to just the public and just to whoever is listening. 
um big kudos and respect to you because i'm just i usually talk and dive in but i'm just so zoned into her story already and i'm really just you know i i don't know i don't know her that well like we just started getting to know each other but i'm really proud as a person and i'm proud of you um how did you so was that person the reason like you got through everything because like how did you like manage life and going through all that at the same time because it was easy for you to like really 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 go left and you said you know your best friend's passing woke you up but like how did you just like manage to just go through life with everything that was going on i don't think i really went through life i think i just um I, I, I disguised it with like the alcohol and drugs. So mm. I didn't go through life. Mm. I think right now is when I'm going through life. This is where I'm really living life. And I'm really like, there's a saying that you, you see the flowers for the first time. You see like squirrels moving around for the mm -hmm. first time. And I got to say that these last years are, are really when I'm starting to live life. Mm. Like I get to go, I go away on nice vacations. You know, even right. when I was out there and I was doing these crazy wrong decisions and bad things, I would go on vacations, but I didn't appreciate what life had to offer them. Now right. I can yeah, actually like same. sit back and like look at things differently. So I look at like, like the flowers, it's corny and stupid to say the clouds. No, but it's the know? small things, you know, it's the small things. I feel like a lot of us, you know, don't really appreciate all the time. And, you know, I think it's awesome to hear that you're actually appreciating this because a lot of people still to this day, you know, haven't even been what you've been through and they take everything that we have like every day for granted. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's honestly like a beautiful thing. Um, I was also going to say, so I remember when we spoke to you originally um, <laughs> while you were doing this whole waitressing thing, right? Like you said, you also wanted to go to school for medical and you were really into medical. So like you said, you loved working with people and medical, I feel like in, like, in my opinion, is like one of those jobs that like you're always working with people. Was it like not like what you envisioned it to be, which like made you kind of switch into like this restaurant industry? Or was this like you just don't like seeing? No, it's okay. You don't like, do, or you just not like seeing like people being sick. I know it's like a little different. It's a different type of working with people considering, you know. It's going to be really selfish to, to, to say. I, I mean, I like the medical field. Um, I think that um, I chose to get into the med medical field a little later on in life. And I knew that if I wanted to go anywhere in this medical field, I would have to go to school for a mm. very, like a, lo a long time. And so when I decided to go to school, I was barely making it, you know, like barely making it through classes. I feel, like, like all of I us. feel that on a personal <laughs> level, Rob. Yeah. And um, so I got into the medical field and it, it was like I was dealing with people, but it wasn't like, I don't think I got the gratification that I got when I spoke to uh, people like in the industry. Like I really liked and loved working in the restaurants and money was good too i have to say that and you know i had to support a family you mm -hmm. know i had to support my family and just being uh the bare minimal in the medical field they didn't pay too much so i always like di i did that like during the week and then i would go to my waitress job on the weekends and that would be vinnie's and then i realized that um i would have to go back to school to really you know i guess i it's selfish to say I didn't put in the hard work to go back to school. I really liked waitressing. I just liked being around people, talking to people, mm -hmm. and I did well. No, you did the good selfish. You know, you followed what you like to do, as you should. There's, no, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, talk about the foundation of, like, you getting into this restaurant industry and, like, the journey to where you are now. Yeah, so how did it all start? Like, what was the journey to get to, because to everything? I just want to give you a flowers. Like, you're... 
a small business owner and an independent woman per se and in the restaurant industry like that's extremely that's harder tough, yeah. especially times times with you know covid per se so just talk about how you got into it the foundation and like i said to where you at now so i um so there was to be three um partners in south brooklyn foundry when we first opened up and one um i used to go into the store all the time and and uh, i there was a a partner who's no longer there with us anymore and I would go into the store all the time and he, he I would tell him listen I want to work in your restaurant because at that time I was just like going to Vinny's it was nice it was a summer and I was like I want to work in your restaurant so when uh, he's like yeah sure we're going through a little red tape and he said let me show you the restaurant and I was like all right let me see it and it was like almost done and when he opened the door I was like oh wow I, I want to be a part of this restaurant and uh <laughs> He asked me if I was serious, and I was like, yeah, I'm serious. I want to be a part of the restaurant. And he was like, well, it's this amount of money. I don't like to get into money things. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. This amount of money to get into the restaurant and not realizing that he was giving me such a small percentage of, like, so he took advantage of me, too. I, I, won't, I won't get into um, into all of that also, but he took advantage of me also. So there was a... I said to him I wanted to be a part, and he was like, okay, let's get it together and blah, blah, blah. And, like, so the restaurant f- flew into my hand. Wow. So, like they say, networking can get you indoors. <laughs> that degrees and what the case may be cannot. Um, before you go into, you know, with that restaurant, you was just working as a server and a waiter prior in other restaurants, per se, right? I remember we talked over the phone, like Casey mm-hmm. said, and you said your boss was saw you and would try to like steer you in the right lane and then it came to Vinny and then it came to a point where he had to cut ties. Oh. And then and then that was also one of your wake up calls. Can you talk about that real quick and then Okay, so yeah. So Vinny like like he was like my my, like a father figure. Mm -hmm. And so when all that terrible stuff was going on when I found people deceased and you know, I I guess I was just masking it up with like drugs Mm -hmm. and alcohol and he was like, you know, this is tough love but you know I need to let you Mm -hmm. go and that's when I was like whoa this is like I've been at this place for such a long time and he let me go and I think that's why I was I was kind of available at the time when the other restaurant flew into Mm -hmm. my hand and I think I was I was I was sober for like three years by then and he I wanted to go back to Vinny's so I wanted to go back and work there and he was like no you're not ready Mm. You're not ready. Then he gave me like a couple of days back there. And then I was working a couple of days there. And then I was like, okay, so this restaurant's going to come in. And then I was like, then I'm going to buy a restaurant. He's like, oh, what do you got? A rocks in your head? He was a little Italian guy. Mm. And he would like, he was like, no, no. And he was like, okay, I think I believe in you. You, you, if anybody can do it, you, you can do it. You, you, like I, he saw the changes that were starting mm-hmm. to happen in me. He saw like the old Kelly coming back. So he saw my changes and that's how I, you know he gave me some tough love he like at my lowest point he threw me out and i really didn't think that and you know that's like it was like part of a, like abandonment issues mm-hmm. so this man that i thought was like my dad had to like throw me out of the mm-hmm. restaurant and i think that's what made me even stronger you yeah, know it woke you up it woke me up and so i would travel in and out of restaurants for a little while working here working mm-hmm. there my friend lee this that and then he finally like said, "Okay, you can come back for two days." And then this restaurant like, like fell into my hands. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I would even working at Brooklyn Foundry, f- 
like working, owning Brooklyn Foundry and still going back there to work too. That's mm. because I wasn't sure which where I wanted to be, mm. a business owner, a waitress. Like I was scared of being business owner. I think that I had the mentality of just doing waitressing. I didn't yeah, really yeah, yeah. understand what it meant to be a business owner like in the early opening of Foundry. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, so during your early opening, I know you said you didn't want to discuss like the money, but you said you felt like you were getting like lowballed. Like, do you feel like this is because though, like you were a woman coming into this industry that, you know, it's very, you know, like I'm going to, it's like a man's world, I guess, you know, like, do you feel like you were being like lowballed because you were just a woman? And or? just overall in life, do you feel like women get taken advantage of? Absolutely. There's some situations that are going on right now where, um, me being in, in in the restaurant, I feel like I've been taken advantage of. I um, mean, you know, I had an air conditioner guy come in and take $3,000 from me and didn't fix like one part in the air conditioner. I had somebody else come in to look at the air conditioner and there was not one part fixed. And because I'm a woman, I really believe that he took advantage of me mm -hmm. and he charged me $3,000 to do nothing, mm -hmm. nothing. And I feel that... <clears throat> Being a woman is a disadvantage, especially being in the restaurant business because you're always always dealing with like vendors and male figures that come in. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think in the beginning, I was a little bit more quiet and now I'm a little bit more like a tiger. So they're not like, uh oh, there she is. She's and they shook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're a little bit. They kind of calm down yeah. now. Like they they know me. But in the beginning, I was more um, I want to see didn't have any knowledge i didn't have the knowledge right. and, uh, what and, it took and knowledge is power that's why we we all gotta like educate ourselves as to whatever we're trying to do right because then the more you know the better but again you gotta apply it you can't just have all this knowledge and not do nothing about it so i think you know with everything that's going on with life in general everything's about trial and error trial and error and whatever your mistakes are you have to learn about it, study it, be like, why did this happen? Mm. And then go about it the next time a little bit different and better. Um, with uh, the restaurant, let's talk about, you know, the journey of just being a restaurant owner. So, all right, he lets you in. You talk you talk your way into becoming a restaurant owner. So, <laughs> yeah. you officially network your, your way inside <laughs> of there. That's an accomplishment in itself and it's much respectable. So, talk about, all right, now you're, now you're um, a restaurant owner. You're at the Brooklyn Foundry, right? So how's it going? Them. How's it going? Uh, the the first few days, or the first few months per se. Yeah, oh so my god! Like, like it's yours now. Like it's literally yours. So <laughs> the first few months was a struggle. You know, so there is another partner. We have I have another partner. He's he's a chef. His name is uh, Ray Martinez, and so he's my current partner now. But being a woman between two men, oh my god! I got to feel it with the struggle of like, yo, I'm here too. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. I'm here. Mm -hmm. And it was a big struggle in the beginning. And I want to say the first few months, it was, I want to say that the, the the first guy that got, that brought me into the restaurant, he disappeared totally. So it was like, he was gone. He mm. was the majority owner. Me and this, the chef that's now my 50-50 partner, he's, uh, me and him, we were having like struggles too. You know, like, mm -hmm. because, you know, this guy was holding things over our heads. You know, I'm majority owner, so we didn't know, like, which direction we were going into. So in the beginning, it was a, a big struggle. I had, I had gave my whole life savings to buy into this restaurant, and I took a loan out. Like, so I saved a lot of money, and I, I took a loan out to get it because I have 
money that I saved for my children and I won't touch that. Right. So my personal money that I saved and I took a loan out to to get into this restaurant that I was like, okay, I'm going to be a restaurant owner. You know, I thought it was going to be all mm-hmm. clouds and sunshine and beautiful. And it wasn't, it wasn't like that. And um, I remember going back to uh, Vinny's and I was crying and I was like, I made a big mistake. I don't know what I did. And he's like, no, you, you're going to be okay. Right. And mm-hmm. just to hear that from him, it was like, okay, maybe I am going to be okay. But there was so much struggles in the beginning, you know, being the first women in the front and then yeah. the, the two men yeah, there. Yeah, you put all you put all your chips into the the restaurant, yeah. right? Correct. And you took a gamble. You took the risk. But and honestly, you, like you went automa- and then you went automatically into debt. Yeah. With, right. <laughs> so you was, like, was you, you negative <laughs> something something. Oh uh, yeah. And like I think that's the craziest part is because like I think even. Even like just from what you said, I feel like even a lot of people in today's world are just so scared to take like smaller risks. And the fact that you were really like willing to risk it all for like your future, I think that's something that like a lot of people can also take in because I feel like a lot of people also feel, at least in our society nowadays, that like if they feel like there's a safe haven to go to, they're going to go to it because they get very comfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like with your story, the fact that you honestly just put everything in and said, all right, like, honestly, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make sure it works. I think that says a lot and speaks wonders, especially from everything like you've come from. Right. And And what she's been through. And it's an eye opener to anyone that's trying to be a business owner. You got to be willing to just go all in for it. Go all in for it. And like Nip said, you got to be, you know, willing to die for what you're trying to get at in life. And that's just a pure example of it right there. And she's still standing here. So, you know, she made it. She made it through. (laughs) Still striving. Um, so we was on the phone, right? And you said, you know, you, you broken foundry, you had your ups and downs in the first two years, right? It was just open two years. We were open two mm-hmm. years. And I remember, um, I remember when they said that there was the pandemic was like, you would hear about COVID coming in. Right. Yeah, Nobody yeah. really took a, f- no yeah. one took it. I, mean, I was like, we always uh, talk about this. And it's funny because he tells me this all the time, but like, well, Obviously, while you guys opened up and while you were doing your thing, like I was away overseas. So I was in Afghanistan at the time and I was serving overseas. So to me, COVID at the time, I know it's not a joke, but, you know, to me, like at the time, I was just like, oh, like I'm overseas. I'm over here, you know, like slap boxing bullets. So like, it's just like, I'm okay. Like, I'll be fine. But uh, the way I looked at it was a little bit different, you know, like, but when I came back home, then I realized like how severe it was. And then when everything really shut down, I think that hit a lot of us. You know, not just me, obviously, but the whole world, I think, was like in shock that, you know, everything was shut down. So when you heard the pandemic was coming, like, how did that like change for you? Like, how did that impact <coughs> you as a restaurant owner? And like, what did you do to like keep your restaurant like afloat at the time? So um, when when COVID was when we were listening about COVID, I remember that weekend we were fully booked. And I think that people were just starting to know. Like, like who, who South Book, Brooklyn ah. Foundry was. They were like just starting to come in. We were doing some great things for the community. There were a lot of shows that we had and the food is good, I must say. I agree. And um, we were doing a lot of shows and I remember being booked that weekend and we, we, they, Cuomo got on and said that this, that we were going to close. And I was like, what? What do you mean we're going to close? And I got to tell you that, um, <clears throat> I went into a really bad depression at that time. I was, my daughter was having a baby. Um, we still had the crazy partner mm-hmm. around, the, the the guy that was like a capasso. And then we had my other partner, the, the chef, and I was like, I can't come in. I'm like, I can't do this. And he was like, you stay, stay home. Uh, you know, I got you for a while. And then 
it was like a couple of weeks and I was like, I can't stay home. I have to like get up and fight. I have to get back there. I have to start doing things. And we we delivered through the whole pandemic. Right. We we delivered mm-hmm. through the whole pandemic and we, I wanted to close it. I was like, let's close, let's yeah, yeah. close it up. You know, I was like, well, this is, this is big. But we decided we were gonna stay open. And I, I'm telling you, I went through a really bad depression. I had, I was like, I, I, I didn't think I had the fight in me to get back up. Mm-hmm. And um, and how did you cope with it at the time? Like, if you don't mind me asking. So like, where you were in this little like funk, like how did you get out of it? Like, what did you do to like get out of it? Well, was it just a snap in your head, like, bing, like, oh, I got to get up? A little light bulb clicked. Yeah. I think that, you know, I was listening to the news every day, and I think listening to the news every day was making me more depressed. And I was like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? I'm, like, getting more depressed, and I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And I felt, like, myself sinking again in that invisible space that I felt that I was in for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I think I lived in an invisible space for most of my life. Mm-hmm. And I felt myself seeking into that invisible face. And I was like, let's get up. You got to get up. You got people there. There's employees there. People are counting on you. You got to get up. You got to get back into swinging things. And that's what I did. I, you know, like I was like, let's go. We got to do this. And um, that was your, that's your baby, too. You went on all first. You had no, <laughs> yeah, I was I was went all in, so you had no other choice, you know, to get up because the sacrifice is just to get to where you at. You know, yeah, you get a little, you know, down and out, but. The good part is that you got up, you know, as cliche as it sounds, but you got up because you can't stay down. You know, like you say, yeah, people count on you. You put everything on the line. So it's like you must get a reward for everything that you sacrifice for. You know, it's funny because the government gives out all these uh, great um, like loans and stuff mm-hmm. for people that uh, for small businesses. And I think that South Brooklyn Foundry was um I think that we were punished for staying open uh, through the pandemic because we were not able to get that RRF. It's a, a restaurant re- revitalization loan okay. because we stood open through the whole pandemic. We made a little bit more money. And I when I mean a little bit more money through 2020, um, we weren't uh, eligible oh, wow. for to get a fund that they were freely giving to every other restaurant uh and, and this was a fund. This wasn't like a loan. This was a fund. And because we stood open and we worked, I think that we were actually punished for, and we weren't able to get this uh, fund. Right. But that happens, too, with also like college students. Like if you make just a little bit amount, a little bit extra amount of money or your family does, mm-hmm. like you don't qualify for this grant per se. Yeah, it I'm, could be, say if it's like $1,000, like say something like uh, if you make over $1,000, like you can't get this grant or whatever. If you make a thousand one, they're not giving it to you. Yeah. And you could petition, you could appeal. Like that's something that happened to me and that affected my college experience. And that's why I had to like bounce around from school to school because I made a little extra. Something happened, you know, with money. And I was just a little bit above. And I was like, are you serious? And I appealed it, appealed it. And that's what happened. Like the government just don't play with that. And it's so unfortunate, especially with you, you know, doing what you had to do throughout COVID, putting you and your workers on the line for that. You know, it was just very unfortunate. So did you take a loan to get through COVID? We did. We took um, we took an SBA. It's called an EDLI loan, um, which is at a very small percentage. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize that throughout the, the whole pandemic, even when you were closed, there were still things that um, 
the SBA wanted you to do, like we still had to pay for our liquor license when we weren't able to use our liquor license. It's like, mm. okay, your liquor license is due, the Department of Health license is due, the fire people, the firemen come in and they want like, they want money to run your air conditioner. I don't know if people know this, that you need to pay to for run your air conditioner in a New York City restaurant. You have to pay to have your air conditioner running. So there's all these permits that we were closed and we weren't able to use our restaurant. But you're still paying But for we it. still had to pay oh, for nah. And they didn't give us a break. They didn't say, okay, so you weren't open one year. You weren't able to access your liquor license. So only pay half of it. No, they wanted $6,000. Mm. And, it, you know, it's hard for, you know, restaurants and especially small restaurants to come up with this money to give. So when we did get our SBA loan, we paid everybody. We did the right thing with our money. We paid everybody that we owed, you know. And mm. sometimes I'm like, well, do you do the right thing? or you do, Don't do the right thing. But I really think that when you do the right thing, karma comes back. Somehow, some way it does. I, I do. And just naturally, you just got to do the right thing. A lot of people just, I. I got to do the right thing so something hmm. comes back good to me. I think it's just got to be naturally in you or it's not. And it can, it got to be fully organic. You can't be none right. of that fakeish. Um so you overcame COVID, right? Well, you're still going through. There's still, you know, there's so much things going oh on. Oh my god. What the case may be. So we 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 opened up and then I think that when they said that we were closing back again, that second blow. Mm-hmm. When they said, okay, New York City is going to close again, that's when I think that depression really snapped in again. It was like... I completely forgot we closed second time. Oh, my God. That was like... And then they were like, oh, build these outside enclosures and people will eat outside. And I'm like, eat outside? How are you eating outside? And like... Two degree weather. Exactly. (laughs) Like, and like, and I'm like, I guess I was like crazy then. I'm like, yeah, we're going to build the outside enclosure. People are going to eat outside. Nobody ate outside. I was out of my mind, you know? But we built this. We built the outside enclo- enclosure, and you know, the second shutdown, it was like really, it was like right before the the holidays, and like I'm thinking, like, you know, how are we gonna get money? Like, how how am I gonna support my family? It's the holidays. We have nothing, and then finally, I I I don't know how many months they closed us down. I don't even remember. It's just like a blur. I think they opened yeah, us back that, in May or so fast. Yeah, yes. like last year of May because I got back in March in 2020. Something like that. It's so just, mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, I, I was. I don't remember dates to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and then when they started to open us up again, it was like going really just going into the restaurant every day and just seeing like a space there that was unoccupied. It was like so sad. It was, it was just like wow. We we like. Look at this space we have. It's beautiful. Nobody's able to come in. We did have people that were coming in, buying to go and taking out. And I was delivering. I remember I was delivering with an employee that I have now. She's like four foot nine. We were like out there in the snowstorms. And I'm like, climb over that cliff. She'd climb over. And like, she's like literally this small. She'd fall down into the thing. We were like delivering in the snowstorms. And, you know, just to, to like get money to like pay pay bills and you know mm-hmm. sometimes me and my partner we would like we wouldn't have money like we it was it was bad what so what is the i, I just got a really off the board question what is like the day-to-day of like your life with the restaurant for mm-hmm. anyone out there that wants to you know get into this industry or like own a restaurant so what is the day-to-day for that so <laughs> you know i like being out on the floor i like i like waitressing and I do a lot of the back end work too like Mm -hmm. so I do a lot of like dealing like with the vendors and 
you know, trying to get the best deals. And But I like being on the floor. So that's like my, my favorite place is to be on the floor talking to people. Um, I want to say that right now it's very, un, I'm very unsure what, what the future holds for us because they're talking about the second strain. Um, seeing the place full and vibrant right now and mm-hmm. when we have like our shows and people coming in, those are all rewards. Those are all rewards because people are like, wow, this is a great place. and The food is good. The hospitality is good. You know, they just talk about everything that is good. If you look at our Yelp reviews, we, we're pretty high up there. And that's that's a reward. Mm-hmm. That's a reward in itself. So that that makes me very happy. But to think about them talking about like this Delta strain and believe me, I'm not take I'm not saying COVID isn't, you know, like we shouldn't be worried, but they're asking us to, um, now we're going to have to have a bouncer at the door, I guess, to look at these cards that they want people. Yeah. They want people to show their cards in order to come into small businesses. But I want to know why the big corporations are not doing that. It's only small businesses that they're telling that, but the small businesses always get hurt. The corporations are kind of like always like protected per se. And I understand. So, I just think that, you know, as for a business owner right now, we need to stick together. Right. Maybe, you know, you should come up with an idea to try to come up with like, I don't know, maybe a small business <laughs> union or something like that. Um, don't. T- you should ask my partner. I was like, I'm going to go on Third Avenue and I'm going to get everybody to sign the petition because if could. they think you that they're going to shut us down again, mm-hmm. we're going to stay open and we're going to fight for our rights. Yeah. How do you balance... Uh, how do you balance your family life, the restaurant, and your own personal life? How do you balance everything? And your grandma now, no? Yeah, yeah grandma. Congrats. Just, like, yeah. <laughs> like, come yeah. on. Like, how do you how do you balance all these things? Like, you're just juggling. Ding, 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 ding. I have to tell you sometimes. What's the Chico? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Sometimes <laughs> it's hard. I'm taking but notes. But I know that when when I feel that it's getting a little bit stressful, I can be like, I can say to my partner, listen. Uh, this is too much i gotta go for a little while and i and i I like step away for a couple of days and but it is hard it's hard you know because i have an 11 year old and i have a 28 year old so i have a little girl that's home you know she's little Mm -hmm. so she still needs mommy and i have my grandson that i would like to spend some time with too but i think that if you like what you do it's not that hard to juggle all those things it really is not that hard. It may get stressful sometimes, but it's it, it, it's not that hard to do. It gets hard. To, it, there's ups mm-hmm. and downs. It's like a roller coaster. It's up and down kind of. But I never thought that I would be here. A girl like me, I never thought that I would be an owner of a restaurant and be owner of a successful restaurant, I want to say. South Brooklyn right. Family you made is it successful. Past, you made it past, you know, they say most the small businesses. Much, yeah. They say most small businesses fail within a year, and you made it past that point. And then after that first year, mm-hmm. COVID, boom, and then you survived through COVID, and you're still here. And the future is only up from here. What does the, what does the future hold for Brooklyn Foundry and yourself and your family? So, um, some exciting news. We are actually looking at a second location in uh, New Jersey, and it's on the beach, and I think that this is God's way. I always say, I want to live on the beach. I want to live <laughs> on the beach. I think this is God's way of giving me that special time of living on the beach because we are actually looking at a second location in New Jersey, and we're going to probably be signing a lease in October. Yes. And I was going to say, so, like, as a restaurant owner, too, like, I know you're like right there on Third Avenue for some of you guys who don't know in Brooklyn. But like so how do you like how do you like put yourself out there? 
You know what I'm saying? So how, how you, you, said you, you said you have like these little like special events and you have like these like crazy rewards for the people. But, you know, for people who are listening, like, what are some of these rewards and what should people expect from your restaurant like, when they come to it? If they ever so want to come. I want to say that everyone's welcome. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't matter. Uh, religion. Sa- everyone's welcome in the pe- South Brooklyn Foundry. We invite everybody in. We do special shows. We do comedy. We do karaoke. We do something for the older, younger. We do a drag show, the only drag show in Bay Ridge. Um, we would, I just get to know my customers' names. Like if I know someone's going to walk through the door, I know that they want that white wine. It's more about knowing the people that walk through the door and what they like. And that makes people feel comfortable. That makes mm-hmm. people want to come back. Um, you're always going to get good service, good food, and a friendly smile when you walk through the doors. And I was going to say, so do you feel that so the South, the South Brooklyn Foundry, do you feel like it's going to be like at one point for you, like a big stepping stone in like the Bay Ridge community? Like, do you feel like the people are always going to come to like this one place all the time and everyone's just going to be like, wow, like this is the place. Like, do you plan that everyone in Bay yeah, Ridge like, about to be like, spot. this is the spot to go to? Like when have people lining up around the block. I would like to say that we, we're going to be one of those restaurants. I mean, when people walk in, I always go over to every table and I ask them, mm-hmm. how'd you find out about us? Where are you from? What is it? You know, like I, I, I want to know like who everyone is that walk through the door. And most people say they've either yelped us or someone else has told them about us. So when they're finished eating, I always ask them, how is your food? And most people say it was great. They'll be back. They're going to tell this one. They're going to tell that one. So I would love to be that place in Bay Ridge where everybody's going to be like, you have to go to South Brooklyn Foundry for one reason or the other. Right. Well, I mean, I got to go there um, just so... If- you know the basis of your story and what Casey told me. Even prior to what we met, when we met, um, when Casey told me story, I was like, "All right, let's go eat there." <laughs> just off the story, because I was just like, "Whoa, that's crazy." They still here. I need to go check this spot out. And just you being so open and vulnerable about your story, you know, you shed some tears here. I almost shed tears about when I was hearing your when I shared shared my Not story. Um, but you really like let it out. And from your story, what I gather is that like everything happens truly 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 for a reason and like you need rain for the flowers mm, to shine that's so true you know mm-hmm. you, you need that and you know the dark times never last like my dad always told me this quote he always said better days are ahead and your uh clear vision of that like better days are ahead look how far you came from what you told us in the beginning of the pod to now like like i'm just extreme i said it before i'm just extremely proud much respect you. and you know this is only the beginning mm. to your story you know and you know I, i'm excited for what's yet to come and just i just thank you for just again for opening just, up and and yeah. coming here i think you know for everyone who's hearing this i think this is a an eye-opener for a lot of people right and um, to me like this humbles this i always you always come on this podcast right and we talk all the time but i always like remember like when i hear someone else's story I always say that, you know, someone always has it harder than you. And I feel like every like hearing your story just humbled me even more to be like, you know, like if I ever, you know, come to a point where like I know like shit is tough. Like I'm like, yo, like I know Kelly did it. <laughs> like I know right. I could do it too. Like I think your story is extremely inspirational. I think for anyone who's watching, regardless of who you are, male or female, because it goes to show you that like, like literally what Ethan said, like you need rain for the flowers to shine. And I think it's a beautiful story that you've come and you opened up to everyone who's listening in. And despite you wanting to go left, and even when you did go left, 
somehow, some way, you you ended up on the right path. Mm-hmm. And that's due to whatever you believe in. But first of all, you just got to believe in yourself. And whatever the Most High has planned for you is going to come to fruition somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just meant for you. The restaurant industry wasn't meant for you to go to this medical school. Unfortunately, all this bad stuff, It I don't know, like, even with my life, like, it just happens for a reason. It's like a wake-up call. And it, like, puts you on that right track. And it's just... You got to listen to those signs. You got to, mm. with, with your story, it was good. Like these signs happen, boom, boom, as you notice. And it's still happening. And it's like, it's going to keep happening until you make a decision, that right decision. You know, if you keep on like the GPS, if you keep on making that, that wrong turn. Recalculating. It's going to recalculate <laughs> right until you get on that right path. And it's not going to keep, it's not going to tell you that no more. And I think we, you should also be extremely proud of the people you also have in the room with you. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to some fam and friends out in the back, co-owner, chef, and everyone else here. Um, I think it's important that you ha- also have like great people around you and a great foundation now with you, you know, to keep you going and to keep your business going for you and your family. Yeah, I just want to let anybody out there, you know, know, like if you're struggling, you don't have to feel alone. You know, there was so many times where I felt it could be in a, a, a room full of people and I always felt alone. And once you get the that worth and that belief in yourself you know you just got to keep trying just one day at a time just get up and just put your best foot forward and when you do that good things happen i just want everyone to know that right and it's good to be personable it's good to be a person that people like because if she wasn't personable she wouldn't be a business owner and she would have been working in those jobs that she had before, or she wouldn't have gotten to know those people that she got to know that got her here to this point. And she's only going up from here, so then she's going to Jersey, and then soon we may see her in Vegas, whatever the case may be. So, Gordon Ramsay about to pull so, too. So, like, one important message, like, the key thing about this, this episode, I hope you took notes on what the case may be, is networking, stack your paper, and when, it's, when the opportunity presents itself, be ready to take action. Don't hesitate. And whatever happens, happens. You know, life is short. All right, you lose a hundred thousand, you can make it back. As mm-hmm. long, you know, what I'm saying, like, you didn't lose this or that, like your limb. And even if you lose a limb, you got to continue going. We had Gio on here. He lost a limb, what the case may be, but he's still going. You know, as God long bless. as you got life, continue going. Take the risk because what do you got to lose? Nothing. You know, you could get it right back. As long as you're breathing, you can get it right back. So we got to end it like that. Please be sure to check out the Brooklyn Foundry right there on Bay Ridge. What's the address, Casey? Six nine oh nine Third Avenue. Okay. Boom. Boom. Be sure to check it out. Bring your friends. Tell you. Tell your grandma. Tell your aunt. Tell your cousin. Tell your uncles. Tell whoever. Tell, bring your pet. Whatever. Bring your kids. Bring That's your hamsters. <laughs> and we appreciate everyone for listening and tuning in. Most importantly, I appreciate her. And special round of applause for Kelly for coming boom, today boom, and boom. sharing her thank story. You. Much and love. So thank you. Look, moving different, you know I'm already custom made. Said you wanna play with me, there's just a different game. Trying to make